Alrighty, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is a light in the sky. This is a 4400 recap show going over one of the, for me, most slept on. But for you, let me know what you think. Uh, shows, science fiction shows uh, has been out for, for a little minute now. A um, Yeah, good, good stuff, good stuff. I, of course, am your host, well, co-host. Rain Coleman of Carefree Black Nerd, of course, if you're here, you've checked the feed, you know who I am. But I do have a very special co-host, uh, an amazing man who's done great things, and I am so very happy to have him with me uh, on this journey of discovering the 4400 through this recap show. Go ahead and tell the, the listeners who you are, sir. Uh, hey, everybody. My name's Robert Jeffrey, and um, I'm an Atlanta-based uh, freelance writer, uh, creator of comic series Route 3, a co-writer of Radio Free America, and uh, a participant in DC Comics' uh, 2017 Writer's Workshop. Uh, and, you know, I work for the CDC and, um, you know, just as jack of all trades <laughs> when it comes to writing, uh, but, a, but a big 4400 fan. Good, good deal, good deal. And uh, for those of you listening who's been following along, that voice and name might sound familiar to you because... Uh, Let's see, take a, a trip down Carefree Black Nerd memory lane. If you go to CBN Season 4, Issue 46, we had uh, Mr. Jeffrey here discussing all his, I don't know, all the jack of trades <laughs> that he has, all of the dope-ass, just uh, nonstop content that he has coming out. And uh, that was back in March, I believe, uh, February or March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was around the time. Um, Black Panther, actually, yeah. the, the, great, the greatest movie ever made. Right, right, right. <laughs> Next yeah. to Citizen Kane. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man, dub. Okay, so again, I'm so happy to be recording with you. This is, I, I'm, I'm here for it. So thank you for even bringing this to my attention. And uh, again, like I said in the the beginning, I've I've been sleeping on this show. Um, my relationship to 4400 is I remember vaguely seeing images and trailers on TV, but I never got into the show. I Don't ask me why. Uh, I just never did. And uh, I remember seeing a uh, younger Mahershala Ali and just, I, I don't know. What's your relationship to 4400? Uh, it was one of those things where I kind of came to it after, on DVD. Uh, so it was probably... It came on, it premiered in 2004, and so it might have been like three or four years later, maybe, you know, maybe like three or four, mm-hmm. um, that I actually, I, I bought the first season on DVD. There was a place down here called the CD Warehouse where they uh, sell cheap seasons <laughs> of TV shows, so <laughs> it worked out. So I think I got it for like uh, 10 to $15. And I'd heard about, you know, the, the general premise. So after watching the first season uh, on DVD, I just, I, I went through each, you know, each of the three other seasons after that, like a crackhead. <laughs> and it just kind of jumped out at me. It was one of those weird things where, um, excuse me, <clears throat> they, the show premiered like two years before mm-hmm. um, uh, Heroes. Mm-hmm. I got a frog in my throat. I guess so chalked up talking about, no, I'm kidding. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it came on two years before uh, Heroes, mm-hmm. and so Heroes dropped on two, in 2006, and I think um, the 4400 was canceled 
like a year later. So it's kind of, there was a little bit of overlap, but the the thing that kind of interested me more more with 4400 than Heroes is that they, um, they had the general premise of uh, people with, and this is kind of a little bit of a spoiler, people mm-hmm. with abilities, mm-hmm. um, but use that, the, the premise was the same, but from there it, it totally went kind of left field mm-hmm. uh, versus where, you know, you could accuse heroes of using a lot of tropes from like X-Men, yeah. uh, you know, did that whole thing of uh, people with abilities being hunted down. And, you know, there were a lot of, even uh, I think Watchmen. <laughs> so there were yeah. a lot of criticisms of heroes as far as pulling from, you know, you know various comic book um comic books that had come before but the 4400 was something that i felt was a little bit more original um you know definitely follow some of the tropes of you know some other sci-fi shows or movies but i I in terms of being you know talking about the super powered people Mm -hmm. you know trope uh between this and heroes this was the one that i i was a bigger fan of i loved okay and um and they told a tight more tight story and it wasn't as meandering as heroes <laughs> eventually got to be. Right. Uh, so right. it might it might have been a good thing that they only ran four seasons, but chance to go like get in, tell the story, and and get out. But yeah. um, yeah. But there are some novels afterwards which I've read, and okay. You know, my you know, my dream was always to write a and you know a uh, a licensed uh, comic for the universe. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll you know if if there's a big push for 4400 comic books right right but uh that but that's that's kind of like my kind of my connection to it okay okay that's what's up yeah i when i watched the because we're going to go over the first two episodes the pilot essentially the first two episodes and when i watched it it for me it was um it was very nostalgic because it feels older like, it doesn't feel old as in, like, 90s and 80s, but it feels older in a way that, like you said, Heroes, um, even in a way that Sense8 kind of feels like, for me, coming into this blind, like a a product of the 4400 and yep. shows yeah, like definitely. that. Yeah, and I, so I really, I really got off on that because it even feels like, and I know I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but even, like, if you look at Law & Order SVU, in the early 2000s versus now, you know, versus the late 90s. Like, it has, there's a distinct feeling that I get from watching this show in this time period. And not even just the clothing, just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, it also gets me like a the, Smallville the, vibe. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like, everybody has clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, and, and some of it was trophy, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't in a bad way. It was like, um, like kind of getting ahead of the conversation. There's the whole school bully esque kind of situation that is classic for like teenage dramas. But it was it's it's a, a, a twist on it that uh, gives you I think like a darker um, uh, Xavier School for Gifted Mutants type of like I don't yeah. know. It just I, I really enjoyed the the overall uh, pilot as a whole i felt like they did a really good job at giving you a lot of pieces of information and introducing you to all these people but in a way that made sense i didn't feel like like if this show had have ended after the pilot i still would have felt satisfied i would have wanted more but i would have felt right. like okay I, I i think i know what they're doing here does that yeah. make sense yeah um, i mean that's kind of like if you think about um the Battlestar Galactica pilot, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the reboot, 
Because the, originally that was, I don't know if it was like two episodes, but it was its own like standalone like mini movie. Okay. And <clears throat> so if you watch that, um, it you feel as if like, oh, okay, well this is, you know, this if even if this was all that you got, you felt that you got a good enough story. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, sort of like a one and done. So that's that's definitely how you know these two episodes, you know, or the pilot, yeah. Uh, play, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I I look at a lot of things now, even like regular just dramas as comic books, and it's probably a side effect of doing this podcast and then meeting people like <laughs> you and consuming comic books. But I look at it like, um, you know, how you might have a storyline and it's all about, let's say, Jean Grey, but then you have that background of. Uh, Jubilee finding some hidden magic tool, but it's in this things little bursts that you get until they're ready to tell that story of her finding whatever magic device. That's how I I, I saw this. At, I don't know. I just I'll say I was excited. <laughs> if you can't tell <laughs> already, this this pilot got me excited for what more could come from this show. So again, thank you for even bringing this to my attention because it was. This was something. That... <laughs> well, I mean, my thing is, is like if you're if you're enjoying these first two episodes, it gets it, it go it gets better. I mean, okay. like it it, it keeps getting, like ramping up uh-huh. uh, to the point where they're they're always like there are a couple of big reveals and you know even in the first season, you know, it's just like wow, okay, this is uh right. <laughs> this, is, right. this is awesome. Okay, so yeah. Good, good deal. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, the 4400 is a science fiction television series produced by CBS, uh, Paramount Network Television. Uh, It is uh, USA Network, I believe, is where it ran. Uh, The show was created and written by Scott Peters and Renee. I'm not even going to butcher that last name. Ichavaria? I think that's it. Sounds yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll, so, we'll roll with that. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> so it ran um it, for four seasons from 2004 until it was canceled in 2007. And like you said, there were four books. And I'm excited to get through this kind of recap to get this, like, I want to get these books now, but not read them, but wait until, like, we're done recapping yeah. everything and then, like, dive into them having that that knowledge and uh and see how I'll, how they'll be received after everything is said and done as opposed to just reading them by themselves um yeah. so yeah so let's dive right into it the first two episodes are titled simply pilot and it, it, that is what it what it is it's the pilot and we get like things not vignettes what are they like quick stories uh, or what would you yeah call? yeah they were like um just intros, yeah. you know. I I think it's like in those some of the I guess you say major players and major characters. Yeah, yeah. And and the pretty much what the backdrop is of of the story, which is which are the options. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Yeah, and I do like the way that this is because I'm thinking this is dated in the way that it feels very early 2000. So even with the graphics and stuff, it I feel like they did a really good job at using the alien of Dutch or presenting it in a way hmm, as opposed to just like a beam of light coming from a spaceship pulling you up. They did a very kind of artsy what is that the word I'd use to describe the the beam of light that does abduct these uh, these people. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
and one of the um <laughs> so when I was taking notes, it's like I said, it's been a while since I've seen this, and you know the the first uh, I guess quote unquote abduction is Maya, which yeah. uh, you know I've deemed the creepy child. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> throughout the episode, we'll yeah. we'll get to you know. But um, the okay, so within these two episodes, I felt that the acting is very on point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some with the genre related shows it could it, it could definitely be a little bit broad yeah um but this it i i felt that you know like you said you have somebody like uh, mahershala um ali who is now an oscar winning award actor and this yeah. was kind of his first big break so he you know so that's the type that's the level of talent that they had um but with this scene in particular with her and her parents i was just like this child cannot act <laughs> um, it really and like she you know the whole conversation between her and it, it takes place in like 1946 and uh her yeah. parents are they're you know they're about to go for a picnic but it's raining and they're like why can't you it's like you can't go outside and she's like why and then <laughs> they're just like and it just doesn't it, it doesn't work as well but it, it's weird because that's like the only um, that and drunk Orson Bailey, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, those are the only, <laughs> those are the only two. But and then she walks into like I put put in my notes Jurassic Park. Right. But that's only because they're filming in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> it's just right, like right, she right. she like back in time, and then you have the abduction of her, and then Richard, and then Orson Bailey. Uh, yeah. But the, the one that I wanted to focus on is you know is um is Richard. Yeah, you know, as far too. as and that's my and Herschel Ali's character and yeah. you know they they're pretty much like beating him down you know because he's he's a you know officer in the military and he's dating a, a white woman and mm-hmm. you know and that's like okay so that's the second abduction that you show <laughs> you know yeah. like you know, racist soldiers beating up a black guy and I was you know and to me I was just like well y'all kind of woke you yeah. know for doing this right they went there <laughs> yep yeah, they went there yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um I enjoyed seeing him. It was a, a happy surprise, well, unexpected surprise, or whatever. It was a surprise. Um, though I did once I saw him, I was like, oh, okay, I did, I do remember seeing him in these um, trailers and stuff back in the day, but not really. I don't know what it is about him that looks so different, but so recognizable from like him being Cottonmouth. That's yeah. all I could think of. Is like, this is Cottonmouth's prequel, but I I did enjoy <laughs> seeing that kind of abuse because like you said to show that like you could have easily showed anything else any other situation he's in before being abducted but you do throw the racism in our face hard and uh i think it was handled tastefully you know personally i think so um so kudos to them for that so uh yeah i mean he wasn't singing like negro spirituals or anything like that uh (laughs) you know while they were beating down and it was you know to be honest with me that's it kind of shows you know, the kind of possibility of what it was to be, you know, a black man, you know, living back then, mm-hmm. um, especially in, you know, in the situation that he was, you know, he was in. Um, and then, like you say, you, you followed that abduction with Bailey, you know, the businessman, and, and, and I think the late 70s, and then um, Kyle and Sean mm-hmm. um, in 2001. So, yeah. yeah, so I think they're the most recent at least the ones that they show, they're the most recent abductees and they're like two cousins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I um I have to say up front, uh what is his name? Tom? Uncle Tom? Uh oh, Uncle Tom, yeah. Yeah. I hate him. 
I do not like this guy. He is horrible. Selling my wife. So then, selling my wife. I hate that guy. He's just an ass. Like, I and I, I sympathize with him because his son has been um, comatose after uh, Sean's abduction. Connor is his son, right? Connor. That's his name. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. Oh, yeah, Kyle. So, yeah. And, and and I did empathize with him, especially when him and the wife were kind of going at it in the hotel room, which really gave the scene a lot of weight. I didn't, like, I believe that they were going through this for about five years or however long. Like, I, it felt real. It didn't feel like, you know, oh, they're acting. So kudos to them in that regard, but I don't like that guy at all. I just like Tom. Well, we're going to, we're going to, when we get here, we'll talk about a specific scene as to, and no, the one thing I will say about, um, by the point they're they're at the hospital and you see kind of his his their relationship pretty much is falling apart. Yeah. Um. You know because he's I don't know they're they kind of broken because Kyle during the abduction uh, John was taken away and he was the one abducted and then Kyle was left behind and he went into a coma. Yeah. But um, there's a yeah like I said there's a scene later on where. Uh, he pretty much acts like an ass. But I think the other thing is there's, and you'll see this is the whole kind of vibe of the family. Like they'll keep calling them Uncle Tommy, and yeah. um, you know they're I can't remember the uh, Baldwin, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Um, you know that family plays a kind of large role in the you know the later seasons. Which okay. Is, okay. Which is something I like. And, uh, but we'll yeah we'll I'm jumping ahead but anyways. That's cool. No 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 that's cool. So. Um... We get little brother, and I, I'm, I'm going to eventually learn these people's names. God damn it, Nick, that's his name, right? Uh, Sean's little brother. Is Danny? Danny. Okay, well, not Nick. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we get the comet or the the ball of light, the light in the sky, if you will, uh, <laughs> returning to Earth, and again, I just, it's just, this is just an amazing like introduction. They did a really good job. It feels like everything that we see was needed like nothing like if you cut out any one of these scenes in the beginning you you lose part of the show so kudos right. to them for that uh but yeah we meet him and his girlfriend and then homegirl uh i'm not even gonna butcher her name uh uh, uh you know what i'm talking about with the dark hair <laughs> oh diana uh uh diana scorus okay yeah yeah hey yeah diana scorus i just just call her agent diana Okay, Agent Diana, that'll work. <laughs> Agent Diana. Now she's uh running into what is Agent what Diana. is the name of that department? Because it's not it is Homeland Security, but I, it's like a, a particular name that they have uh for that. They see. I, I just wrote it down as the, it's Department of Homeland Security, Seattle branch. But see, later on, the that name the name changes to mm -hmm. like intact. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I don't I. For I don't remember what Intech stands for. Okay. But um, because once what happens happens, they they pretty much turn, I guess, a part of the Department of Homeland Security into uh, something to kind of deal with what happens. They're like an organization. Right, so, right, Yeah, right. but I think they call it. I think they call it Intech. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we get these chemtrails <laughs> in the sky <laughs> yeah. like what is this in this clearly green screen backdrop on some of the scenes <laughs> and it's 
it just feels very like alias 24 uh yep. law yep. and order from that time like it feels very dated but in a, a way that's very nostalgic for me and that's probably halfway mm-hmm. why i like this show because <laughs> i it, it, i feel like a kid again so yep. um so yeah so the comet uh changes course and so we realize it's not a comet and the event happens like <laughs> there is a a sonic boom not a sonic boom what is it um it's um you know i don't know it's like a um it's kind of like a pulse you yeah. know like a, it's like a pulse like a um a mark of light uh knocked everybody back uh because it's kind of landed um here they say mount rainier mm-hmm. and yeah, so they, and it's just like orb of light. So, you know, the thing that I kind of liked about this is normally in cases, in movies like this, is always one person. Yeah. So, and when they go and tell everybody else, they're like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like the news media is there, the, you know, the military or the, you know, authorities haven't gotten enough time to, you know, block everything off. So everybody's kind of watching this on live TV, and it has kind of like a, um, you know, War of the Worlds type of feel, like when they, first encounter the um uh, the aliens mm-hmm. you know and, and that and that and and that's kind of the vibe that you're getting from this like you know this is like first contact and then so that i, I kind of like it and then they do this weird thing because they the comet i think the suggestion is the comet has blotted out the sun or whatever and, yeah. and it's like very dark it's mm-hmm. like it's as if there's like an eclipse or something so um, which is weird, so I don't know how the science works out, but or maybe it's just, <laughs> maybe this is how it's nighttime in Seattle. But yeah. that whole scene before what happens happens is I I kind of like it. And um, an agent, yeah, Diana's there like on the front line, just kind of watching this stuff happen. So but yeah. it's it's kind it's kind of like one of my one of my favorite parts from the episodes. Right, right, and I I liked it too. I like that we're like you said, it's not one person discovering this phenomena and being forced to explain it. It's everyone up front yeah. seeing that. That's the for me. That's a new take on this type of story. So now there's so many other ways you can go with it. Um, I, I liken it. I liken it. I compare it to like the mutant X Men of it all. Because again, like with mutants, if I look like a baseline human but I can fly, why would you hate me versus hating? Captain America or something like there's no distinction but with this we see that you came from the sky like I, I can pinpoint like the the hate and, and, and anger that someone may have towards these people it makes more sense as opposed to if one person saw this and then these people just start showing up because now that it's it, it's it's your word I'm supposed to trust your word, whereas now the whole world was watching and we can see the threat, so to speak. Does that make sense? I mean, it, it like you said, it establishes them as the other. Yeah. You know, like you said, they, you know, if you later on, you start people talking about, oh, we're calling the 4400 and, you know, you know, we know where, they, well, we don't know where they came from, but we know they appeared in this, you know, ball fight and there's a, um, there's a sense of like otherness. So yeah. they're, they're not quite right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I definitely understand. Yeah, I was very surprised. I know the title of the show is the Forty Four Hundred, but I was very surprised at there being so many people. In the sense that I, I would have thought that 
I think it gives them room to play around. And again, this is me only seeing the first two episodes. It gives them room to play around with other characters and other storylines in the way that, like, you can't really do with, say, like a Marvel or a DC show because you have a particular cast. You can create someone new all day long, but you still got to think about them fitting into the larger, like, cinematic universe. Whereas with this, we do get uh four or five like 4400 that we we center on but because it's 4400 and they're not all from america i could you know if we have issues with north korea i could do an episode about a north korean 4400 member you know like it gives you room to do other things outside of your main story is that uh i you uh you jump in the head okay, <laughs> like, okay. and, 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 no 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 and that's a good thing it's like you're you're kind of realizing why um they're they're kind of you know seeing these people mm-hmm. in, in such a way that you're like oh, okay you know like they're not going to have 4400 episodes but right, right, <laughs> at right. least it gives them kind of a group of folks outside of the core that they can go and mm-hmm. focus on and and see and one of the things that i kind of start you know, what you say, likening the show to, it, it reminded me of a little bit of, you know, X-Files meets, yeah, yeah. Uh, meets X-Men. Because okay. it's, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, you remember Smallville kind of followed the whole Freak of the Week yeah. uh, formula the first mm-hmm. couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of goes that, that way, but it, it doesn't do it at the detriment of the larger story that they're trying to tell because if anything each of the each of the episodes tie into you know the the larger plot yeah. you know the larger story so but yeah yeah no that's um yeah so when you see everybody on that beach it's just mm-hmm. like well damn it's like a lot of people a lot uh, yes. you know yeah and they you know so that but yeah so that you know essentially the ball of light brought back all these people who have been abducted over 60 years yeah uh, from parts of the parts of the world yeah so. that's that's and thinking about uh the the social climate that we're in as a globe and thinking about this show like it would do them well to reboot this show just to be able to touch on like think of um some pakistani woman who was abducted in the 60s at like 12 years old coming back and having to go to pakistan now as a 12 year old but she should have been like 90 you know like the culture shock that she would be in and her own homeland so to speak it's like man that oh this is and it yeah no i know you're and see that's the thing like they you're you're definitely picking up on you know there is a reason as to why they kind of kept it within that certain time span mm-hmm. uh and it was fun because like okay here, here's the fun fact <laughs> um they um that scott peters one of the creators actually said that you know, they had a very specific reason for using the 60-year time period. Uh, he said, we didn't want to do stories about Og, the caveman, coming back with a club, mm-hmm. or, Elis- or Elizabethan <laughs> costume drawers either. Yeah. We wanted to stay as relevant as possible. Mm-hmm. So they're, because they're, you know, this was made probably like three years after 9-11. Yeah. So this is a climate in which, like, shows like 24 yeah. were popping up where they were mm-hmm. kind of still dealing with um and and it pops up a lot you know in this the whole sense of like you said the whole sense of other but then also like we have to protect you know america against the threat of these 
you know, potential invaders. So yeah. it's uh, and even that the base of operations isn't like the FBI or the CIA or like a local police department. It's the Department of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. which was only which was only created after nine eleven. Right, right. So yeah. So they, and then later on in the season, they delve a lot more into that. You know, into the whole you know kind of quote unquote war on terror. Yeah. And all that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited they, to. To see yeah. that unfold, then, because it's, yeah, I, I really, uh, I just, I feel like they should bring this back. Like, I, there's so much you can do with this damn show. But again, this is only watching the first two episodes. Um, get so we get into the, I want to say concentration camp because that's not the holding facility. Does that yeah, sound better? Like an intake center. I mean, if yeah. you still. It's like quarantine, but it's also you once again like the whole current day politics. It's like think about where when you have you know people, uh, you know people who you know illegally cross over the country and they're held mm-hmm. in, in these like waiting areas. Yeah. But even though like in like real life, the you know the waiting areas are much more you know worse than, yeah. than this. It's like it's like it's more like quarantine. You know, yeah. Because they don't these people essentially just fell out of the sky and they don't know who they are. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I didn't know what to expect during this scene, and um, I expected for it to be longer than what it was. But I, again, I think they gave you exactly what you needed with the main cast, and like it's done. Like I, I feel like that was a very um, tight kind of act two of this, or maybe end of act one of this uh, this first episode. Where now you have you were introduced to everyone now the gangs all together so to speak and now it's time to figure out how they relate to each other so I I, I enjoyed that that um yeah that <laughs> this part uh, and this is one of the scenes that is why I hate Uncle Tom Uncle Tommy whatever that nigga Ugh. oh god. Okay, so you talking about this so after they he sees that people do at the beginning of the show uh, are, you know, to be, they were brought back. So that includes um, his, uh, Tom's nephew mm-hmm. and um, Kyle's cousin, Kyle's the one that's in a coma. So when Tom sees that, he goes to, the guy's name is Dennis Ryland. He's the head of the Department of Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I want to again. And Ryland is like, Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, I was about to, you know, I vouched for you five years, like three or four years ago, and yeah. then I'm going to run this you know, department, and you were my top man, and then, you know, your son goes to a coma, and you just leave me hanging high and dry, and then Tom's like, but yeah, but I want to come back. And, you know, that's when Ryland says, you know, the only reason you want to come back is because Sean, yeah. uh, or you're. You know the, the your nephew who was there with him when he when your son went to you know that's how you went back and then you know Tom's like uh and then Ryan's like don't bullshit me <laughs> so yeah. he was but but then he also he knows he needs like all hands on deck and Tom has a history of being like one of his his best like field um yeah. agents or whatever yeah so, yeah. But yes, so what? So like, he's still like Uncle Tommy in this. I don't, I don't like that nigga. Like, I just, I feel like <laughs> that was a mistake bringing him on. Not because I don't like him, but just because he's so emotionally attached to this 
case, so to speak. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's a testament to how good he is or how good the show wants us to know he is. But for him to, I feel like his line of questioning when he was speaking to Sean was very, it was backed by emotion. He shouldn't have spoken to him. I just, I feel like that's not, like if someone, I don't know, beat my little brother half to death and I'm a cop, I shouldn't be the one interrogating this person. Like, I'm too close to the case. I didn't I didn't think that was smart. And well, yeah, and um before and even before that, I'm trying to think they he you know, so they Tom up with uh the agent Diana Soros, we'll just say Diana. Yeah. And she's their best like science. You know, she's you know, she's forensic sciences and you know, just I guess she's just a resident scientist or science yeah, person. Right, right, but, right. When they pair, when Rylan pairs them up, you know she feels that he has, she has to babysit him, and mm-hmm. you know she even like you know kind of tosses a little shade. She's like, "Yeah, you're the one that left, yeah. <laughs> whatever." Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily start off on the best note. But the other thing, once again, it kind of reminds me of um, you know Scolder, you know Scolder, Mulder, <laughs> and Scully. Yeah, like I just shipped the two. Um, oh, right. <laughs> But, um, and then they start reviewing tapes, and she actually says, uh, you're reviewing videos of all the different people. And then says, well, you know, I know you want to in, in interview, you know, I think it was like uh, uh, Return 2117 or something. Yeah. And so then that's when he goes to interview them. But the, there was one part before that um, that um, the, once again, uh, Richard kind of dealing with the fact that he's he's back in present day. Yeah. He says uh, the, sec- <laughs> the Secretary of State and the National um, Security Advisor. He's mm-hmm. I think he's talking about um, Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice. He's like they colored, and yeah. then Sean, Sean the white guy walks past. He's like, no, they're they're African American. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That and it's just it. like, yeah. But um, so once again, it's kind of still showing how, you know, he's like, you know, damn, they've changed. Um, mm-hmm. And then it leads to your favorite scene where he's interviewed by Uncle Tommy. Oh, God, Tommy's just trash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that was some kind of bullshit because um, it just, it just, it, it was weird. You know, I actually understand that he was very, and that's, and I understand now where you said the, the emotion is creeping through a little too much. Yeah. You know, where he's, you know, he's acting extra emotional and he's accusing him. He's like, something in his drink. <laughs> it's just like, What's this like? like, what kind of, I'm sorry, what kind I, of roofing was that's, you for your like, long? That's all, yes, that, that threw me all off. I'm like, what, what, first and foremost, we're cousins and not to say, you know, people don't do bad things, but what the hell did you think that we were doing that I would, like, I just, yeah, I just, I, I'm sorry, I don't like him. He has to earn my respect over the he's course gonna, of this next season. I don't Yeah, I, I think he's going to have to earn it. I mean, I think he will earn it, but it was like, I think my favorite, even when he, uh, because it, it, it's been a while since I've seen it, but that part stands out to me because Sean, I think he, he does a good game set, and then he, he says, screw you, yeah. Tommy. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> I think he's like, 
he like throws a chair. Yeah, then, yes, he did. And yeah. I remember that clearly. Yes. Like, and fuck was, this. No, motherfucker. Oh, I don't like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I came up a little. It was weird because, like, he, he started off, like, slow and then he just, he ramped up yes. again straight out. Yes, and that that's the part that kind of pisses me off more than him saying what he said. Because now this guy, uh, Sean, is back from the dead, so to speak. And he sees a familiar face, and so you're you're luring him in with this because you know he knows you. Like you could have sent someone else, but you you you're lowering his defenses only to like kind of blindside him with this accusation. Like what the? Because f- even if he had have given uh, Kyle a drug or roofie or whatever, that's not what we're here for. We're here because I've been gone for three years. We're not here because your son is in a coma. Like, oh, fuck Tommy, man. Yeah, it was like, and that's the first thing you jumped on. This dude in a ball fight on live TV, and you, you just, you're still, you're still trying to figure out, like, what drug he slipped to, um, to your comatose son without even asking the question of, like, like, shit, your son could have been doing that himself. That, um, yes. Yeah, but, yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, but then after that, um, they go back to Richard, and yeah. then he's um, uh, another, I guess, uh, returnee named Lily. Yeah. And uh, she she disappeared in '93, and I don't know. I don't want to reveal like what the big or do they reveal it in this part? Or is that later on in the? No, they do. Yeah, no, she, they, do. they basically yeah from the conversation they they because he looks she looks exactly like the uh, lady um, that he was he he. It, I guess it was his girlfriend or fiance, Lily, yeah. and um, and they realized that she used to be that was her grandmother, um, but her grandmother passed away before uh, she was born. Yeah, you no, know, before after probably after she was born or whatever. So uh, she has a family and she wants to get back. See, that's I thought I thought that dude was going to be the one that you hated in this episode, <laughs> her husband. Oh no, but, no, uh, no, no, no! He he can get it too. <laughs> He can get it yeah, to, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. But then, um, so then after that, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, the reason I call him Drunk Orson Bailey is because my <laughs> wife and I have, like this actor has just a weird way of talking. Yes, and he talks he talks like this, and he uh, it's, it's weird and yeah, and he and it's so yeah, D O B Drunk Orson Bailey. Uh, talking to um, one of the homeland security folks um, in quarantine, and and then the creepy child Maya walks up to sit here and gives him a napkin. Yeah. And his nose starts bleeding shortly afterwards, and then they they cut to her, and he's not even her, but for some reason she turns and looks at him, like really creepy yeah. <laughs> like. Yes. Yes. So basically, the suggestion is is like every, everything is that this is the first example of possible abilities like she they're suggesting that she's a precog yeah um she's a precog or she can yeah she can see into the future so um and then after that they um (laughs) they don't even show the court cases um the aclu files a suit and uh all the detainees get out of quarantine (laughs) right (laughs) that that part made me realize yeah this is a pilot because you're trying to get as much as you can (laughs) Yeah. Into this first episode, because I'm like, that should have been like two episodes at least. Like, <laughs> there's no way. But everything's fast tracked because, of course, it's a pilot, and they want to see 
you know, if it tests well. And it, it did. I liked it. I, But, yeah, that that court case was non-existent. <laughs> like, that, it's like, in my mind, I should have run for, like, maybe, like, half a year. Like, shit, they, their, their butts would have been in quarantine for, like, you know, a long time. They but, should, you know, right, they, they should have been. Yeah, I don't, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. But uh, but it was cool. But the one that I had is everybody's waiting for their family. Um, you know, Sean is reunited with his mom, his bro- his Hayden ass brother, who bitch who we'll get to hey, a bitch ass brother. And uh, there's a lot of ha- haters in this, but um, bitch ass yes. brother. And um, but so he's reunited with them. And then Richard, he doesn't have anybody who comes to see him. And then Lily is looking for her husband and daughter. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, his, her daughter, she's been on way since '93, so she. 12, so yeah. that definitely, yeah, she's like 12, yeah, 12 years. So, um, so that's the only thing that happens. But like, if you look in the background, some people who were the abductees were acting extra as fuck. Like the actors yes. were acting extra. God, <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, yeah, they said this is my my time to shine. They were like just walking out of the facility. I was like, what the? Fuck? This isn't a. Was this a party or a basketball game? What is this? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah that was uh great. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, um, then they show Lily. She I guess, finds her um, her husband. I guess in the book, and and then she goes to the house. And then this little girl, these two girls open the door, and then one of the girls leaves. I think she was her friend was leaving, yeah. but it's her daughter. Uh, and then you know, Lily is like the mother, and then uh, the her ex husband uh, comes to the door and then tells her to you know to believe. And then he, you know, the, the thing that I, I I don't I can't fault him is that he thought she she was gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like he got so he moved on, which is fine. You know, I think Lily would have understood that as far as um him being remarried, the, uh, him being remarried. But yeah. then the whole thing of like. Well, that comes wrong. But basically, the thing of uh, not even like this dude could not even pick up a phone, <laughs> say, no. "Hey, like you, you, you came from space. <laughs> let, like, let me, let me come in, let me come I, and pick you up." Because <laughs> she took a taxi there. I hate. Where she get this money? I, you know, I just I, they, they gave them. They explained that they gave. Uh, the people who weren't, they, they basically gave everybody assistance. Like, even the people who, you know, there's that line of, like, there are countries that won't even accept some of the yeah. money for them. And so they were like, well, if they want to stay, we'll help them stay. And for American citizens, we'll yeah. get them set up with, um, you know, uh, government assistance. So I yeah. think kind of what happened. So, you know, they were giving them those five folders and, you know, they gave them housing. And so that was actually one of the, it was, it was a nice little thing yeah. that they threw in there. Okay. We had questions about, like, how are you in around Seattle? Yes. Um, just because they had a little bit of money or they possibly got a job, you know, through the thing. But, yeah, when she gets there, he's like, yeah, I don't want to even show up. To he doesn't say that, but it's just like. That's he doesn't pretty even, much. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. I hate yeah. him because I, I watched and I was like, okay. <clears throat> See, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I watched the soap opera Passions back in okay. early 2000s and there was a storyline like this where um the the guy was married to another woman but then this woman strolled into town with amnesia and it was his wife a whole big thing so I, i'm with you i get the remarrying part but you mean to tell me 
literally had no family. Like everybody in her family was dead so that even when she disappeared, that baby wouldn't know that her mom, like she didn't have a a brother, (laughs) an uncle, a mother, like nobody in Lily's family was alive to remind you that baby is still part of our family. That was such a weird thing. And I know the pilot had to cram a lot in it, but I, I thought for a second, like, is this a cultural thing? Like, is this something that in a white family space that that would be something because I can't imagine in a black family and this is you know a blanket generalization but I can't imagine in a black family that that would fly the only thing he's because it seems like so much of Dick that even if she said she didn't have any brothers or sisters and for the sake of argument she's been close with her other family members and like her but her mom was a lot her yeah. mom and dad he seems like the type of dude who would have just like, separated him so uh, much yeah. from that family. Because, like, you know, he's like, yeah, we didn't even tell her that. And that comes up later, but, like, you were alive. And, you know, and I was just like, and I'm like, okay. But, yeah, I think once again, my notes, it's like husband trifling the fuck. Because you could have just said, this is my friend from college, and she's going to stay. Like, you could have helped her. I, like, you could have. <sighs> I'm sorry. He's trash too. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely they're trash. <laughs> definitely trash. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So then it's basically I, I call it the montage of sadness. Yeah. Uh, Lily is let down, or she goes find his wife at home, the senior citizen's home, and she either has Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah. Um, and then now. It's weird, because in between all of that, um, they saw Sean go home, and he's doing, He, I mean, he meets um, He meets his brother's girlfriend, who was, her name is Nikki, mm-hmm. and she was, she, and Sean mentioned her when he was with Kyle, um, she, she had a crush on her from back in the day, one note says she is third, um, because, like, she... She makes no bones about it, but now Sean is back. Uh, she is like, fuck Danny. Yeah. It's time to get on the train. Yeah, which I was just, and it was so blatant in a pit. And I was like, maybe yeah. this is just the side effect of it being a pilot, but she is laying it on thick. Like, yeah. calm down, girl. Like, I get it. <laughs> you would be the brother. But, um, and then after that, they show Richard goes to Angela's, um, and this. It's a meaningless guy threatening to be him. Um, and, then, and then I just saw that scene of the montage of fitness where they show the um, return going back and they're kind of fucked up. And then they go back to Tom's ex, his soon to be ex wife in the hospital, um, still acting mean as fuck. <laughs> or, no, I think, I think yeah, having a party for Tom. It was a. Um, and there's an awkward because he to see uh, the party for his uh, nephew, right. and that uh, that he's a normal person. And then um, his wife jumps in, you know, says something, makes a joke, or like it's something that's really like shitty. And then um, Tom goes to talk to Sean about something, and then leads to you know you can you can be honest for the the, the second example of abilities. Oh, yeah, he's 
he's not a good person. I hate him. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, I just, and I get it wanting to know what happened to your son. And, but you, you can't, if you, I don't know, you, you have to make sense of what's going on in your life. And yes, I'm upset because my son is in a coma, but my nephew is almost also coming off of a very traumatic event. We don't know how he's going to emerge from this. He could have PTSD. He could have been operated on and have some type of disease. He could have so much stuff that trumps your son being in a coma because he has been in a coma. Like, that's ah, such a weird... Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. Um, so then he... Um, you know, Sean tries to... Um, he... he um, tries to go out and talk to Sean, and, and as they're talking outside, the party, um, bird crashes into... like, flies into a window. And when, um, you know, they're looking at it, it's like, yeah, he, he, he you know, he, Sean picks it up and says, oh, he must have saw it's on reflection or whatever. And then they zoom in on his hands with the bird, and then the bird comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they shake it off as, oh, maybe, well, Sean shakes it off as, like, oh, maybe it just, you know, was knocked unconscious and woke back up. Yeah. But then, like, Tom's looking uh, just a little. He's like, um, what the fuck? Right. So, that's, so that so that's the second example of, you know, something is you know things are not you know they seem to be. Yeah. And um, and I thought that how they handled that was pretty cool. You know, I actually it, it kind of goes and you know running with how they handle the abilities yeah. on the show. Yeah. You can tell that yeah they didn't have a you know budget enough to do like crazy special effects. Yeah. Uh, which and it's funny because like there are shows like you know Legends of Tomorrow oh. and Supergirl and um, hey I like Legends of Tomorrow I'm sorry okay. I mean, ooh, yay, yeah yay. yeah yeah no, <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah Legends of Tomorrow but basically any of the CW shows where they have to use like the special effects even even something like Agents of Shield yeah and it's funny because like nowadays you know people might you know, sit back and, you know, sometimes criticize the special effects because they're TV shows. But then I think about stuff like Smallville and mm-hmm. even something like this, where at least in this case, they were using the small budget. They found creative ways to show yeah. their abilities. Yeah. And because they possibly didn't have the, at least, and especially for a first season television show, mm-hmm. um, to show them. So, yeah, so they, they, it's a nice little moment. And then the bird just wakes up. So, it flies away, and then they uh, jump to Maya, uh, apparently who was the last person that they quarantined. Which was, like, <laughs> God damn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so the creepy child gets adopted, and um, <laughs> and, um, and, a, and I say, uh, she, when, I think it's Diana, she says, well, we'll see you later, and, um, <laughs> And then, and then the yeah. child it says says creepy ass shit, like you'll see me sooner than that. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I would have dropped you know, that. Exactly, like, you know, uh, once again, uh, I'm just making a joke with this little girl because, like, I don't know how they thought that a kid saying this stuff would be like normal. I understand she's from the '40s, but. <laughs> just you know, it's just like every other scene. She's like creeping people out with her yes. like pre cut. Yeah, and I will say, like in seasons, it, she gets that whole creepy, you know, little child thing under control. <laughs> but because she starts, yeah, because like it just seems like the only reason that they have her in these few episodes is to, you know, just 
um, I, I just to be creepy. I don't know. It's just weird. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So she, so she goes, and um, and I think that um, Orson goes back to uh, drunk old Orson Bailey goes back <laughs> to the business. So yeah. what, what do you think about his character? I was gonna ask. I don't like him. I don't. And, and it's not. It's not that he's. Oh God. Okay. I have to explain this. I like that character. I like that they did get an older person, like someone who was up in age at a time that was very different. Uh, I just, I could have done without him. Or he, for me, could have been a person of color or a woman. Uh, I just don't, his accent, I don't like it. But I don't know if that's his speaking voice, but I did not like that. Aesthetically, I didn't like him, but I did like him in the framework of the show. Uh, but him coming back and like demanding his job, his job. I was just like, yeah. bro, like even I would, I, I would think that me myself being abducted now and then returning in twenty thirty, I would have enough sense to be like, okay, my podcast probably still isn't going, or if it is, somebody else is taking up the moniker, and I can't be upset because I've been gone for so. Damn- it was such a weird, but at the same time, I do feel like he was entitled to something, like. Yeah, and that was, and see, so that was the other thing, like, I, I wrote down, like, why are all the people in this acting like dicks to people who essentially came out of the yes! sky? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like his Orson, Orson, him going into, like, he, basically he went into a place that he had owned, I think it was like an insurance company or like a tax or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. doing pretty well, but now it's run by the child of his partner, yeah. and even though his name is still me is still in the business, you know, the, the head or whatever, uh, the title or the business heading. Uh, he goes back in and demands his job. Um, and uh, he's like, I want an office with a secretary. And it was oh, just like, whoa. What are you and uh, oh, <laughs> where did he come up with? Yeah, then the guy, you know, he probably could have played it. But see, they they have him act like the asshole because of something that will happen later on. Okay. But um in the in you know, in the second episode, but yeah, he he is the asshole, and he's like, well, you all, uh, you forty four hundred are just gonna have to get in line like everybody else. And that was like, very <laughs> weird. That was, I, I was, oh god, yeah, that I don't know. Go ahead. It is <laughs> you know the more I think we thought about it, my wife and I is just like, you know, to be honest with you, there would be ass who would say something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially. The way things I, that does not, you know, things that seem far off the mark in terms of being cartoonish and over the top in terms of like people being like racist or mm-hmm. assholes. You know, I can see that shit happening now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, so he, he essentially doesn't have a job. <laughs> he doesn't have a job. His wife is, and see, I, I like his character, but then I like the actor, like you said, playing him because yeah. the character come back and deal with the fact that his wife has dementia or Alzheimer's and she's in a home and uh, things aren't going so well and no job and it's just like things are jitty. You know, that starts to build up mm-hmm. and you feel for him, but like by playing him just like, well, I, uh, I don't understand. Yeah, what's... Yeah. And that's just like, put the flask down. <laughs> uh, right, like... right, right. Yeah, I, I don't, I like <laughs> And, and like you said, I do like the character because I think it's a very interesting kind of uh, storyline to play with if you, like you have people like Lily coming back and her husband disowning her. That's sad. And then uh, Richard not having anyone. That's sad. And even, you know, creepy Maya and her 
not having a, a family bloodline, but to have someone come back and their partner is alive and their partner has dementia. So it, it's this weird case where the wife, though she has some type of disorder, where you would normally say, um, oh, no, you know, we, we went to prom back in the 30s. I'm, we're 70 now. Like having to reassure her, her dementia kind of manifested in him returning. I hope right. I'm not confused. Like how she, her relationship to him is very different from Lily's husband to her. And, right. you know, it's, it's I, I just, I wish they hadn't have killed her off. Like, because yeah. I, I well, like that. that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, you know, if you want to really twist it, like this is the worst version of Captain America. Like, <laughs> this is Captain America. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, like this is, this is what, um, because, I mean, you get it kind of in Winter Soldier where you, Peggy Carter, and see, that was actually, it might be kind of some because Peggy Carter, they had that scene where she forgets, you know. Mm-hmm. And at least she's kind of lucid enough to know that he's there, you know, that Steve is back. But in this one, this woman is so far gone. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's sad. But yeah, it's like a man out of time. Yeah. You know, kind of. And it's just the well, the forty-four hundred out of time. But um, yeah. So then, so then after that, uh, uh, once they go back to creepy Maya with her new foster parents, she mm-hmm. she puts her. In, so they're showing her room, and you know, really nice you know, couple, and they seem like they're going to be good parents. And then she puts her takes her shoes off, them on the chair, and um, by her bed. And then, which is really kind of weirdly placed, like the chair by the head of the bed. Yeah. Like if she rolls out of bed, her head's going to on the <laughs> chair. But <laughs> anyways, you know, they're trying to prove a point. But um, the, the father tells her to not, um, you know, they have rules, you know, don't, and it's a really weird rule. I, I was, was, okay, I'm glad you said it because I was just like, yeah. what? But yeah, like, like yeah. They'll put shoes on the furniture, and I was just like, um, so there are many times that y'all come in the house and just have to, like, put the, it just so bad that they had to, um, you know, not to institute that rule, but she puts her shoes, and she says because she doesn't want them to get wet, and so they, you know, she still takes them down, and when they walk out of the room, she puts them up on the, back on the chair, so yeah. it's a little bit of, you know, foreshadowing, so, mm-hmm. um, then, um, say there's another, uh, sad montage, uh, Richard, Richard, where they play like the piano. And there's like this music. It's um, and it's it's actually the music in this isn't bad. Um, especially the theme song is is really good. Which they yeah. don't have for the pilot, but it'll it'll come up in the third episode. But Richard goes to uh, apparently the only multiracial cafe in Seattle. Oh, good Lord. Uh, because, like he sees every multiracial like mixed couple. Yes. At every booth. And I, I understand the point that you're driving home. And then also he started smoking because, you know, in the 40s and 50s, everybody was smoking everywhere. And yeah. a guy with a guy with a nose ring tells him to, you know, he has to put it out. You know, it's whatever. Um, but, yeah, but the biggest thing I took from that part was just, like, they were driving the point home. And it was weird because they, they were doing really well with handling the whole, you know, kind of race, you know, racism mm-hmm. thing up until this point. But, yeah, like, he... he into the, it's like every other is occupied by a mixed couple. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, but uh, one one thing I did not like is with Maya 
I don't like that she's giving these half-ass premonitions. Like, oh, I don't want my shoes to get wet. Well, if they say, why not say why? Like, why not just go the extra mile and say, you know, when the water, you know, comes under the door or something. It's just like, why are you giving me these bullshit ass damn you that makes she's a creep i don't like her no it's, it's, yeah it was weird but yeah uh. creepy creepy maya yeah I'm not um, a fan. but she they um you know so then, and then also the sad montage and then they show orson with his wife and then they show um thirsty thirsty nikki her you know sean's brother's boyfriend yeah. and um and then Sean sees her, and then he goes outside to because he hears a car alarm, and it's like a car that they bought him or a car that he had, yeah. and he sees it's been vandalized, and I think that's no, that's actually not how the first happens. Um, so then you know they, uh, and I think the last thing is them, uh, the water heater break. Yeah. Um, and, and it you know, at the and Maya's um, house, and then her mother comes in and sees. You know that shoes are on the chair, and she's like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, it, weird, so weird. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we in uh, with with homeboy with the weird accent. Oh, just <laughs> oh god, it's and it, it it ends so brutally. This, yeah, this whole shaking the give the new meaning to shaking the table, the, like shaking the freaking um. The gate at uh, what's the guy's name? Do you remember his name? The young man who oh. took over his um, his business. I call him Dickhead. Okay, him. Yeah, because that he is. But they, I, I like, I really like the idea of an older character, older in age, like you know, sixties and up, playing a very strong. Like his power is that he's well, is is it that he's physically strong or what he's able to do? See, easily. I, see, they, I don't think, because even in the second episode, they don't really give an explanation as to what his abilities are. This is, I guess this is the, Maya was first, Sean was second with his, you know, giving life back to the, uh, to the bird, and then mm-hmm. this is the one. Um, so at this point, you notice a trend. You notice that some of the 4,400, if not all of them possibly, have yeah. some type of and so his is, because he gets and he shakes the gate, and he's able to either cause, like, like I think it's seismic activity, because what happens is, he like, he starts by shaking the gate, and then he starts, and the guy's in, and he sees him uh, on a video camera, and then the person is like, let me in, I want to talk to you, and then the house starts shaking, and then everything just starts shaking. So I think it's, like, something to do with, like, seismic activity because what happens is the guy reaches up and something happens yeah. and the other thing that happens is Orson's nose starts to bleed again. Yeah. So when um the guy is around him and then he and his nose bleeds and then something just like snaps or whatever, cracks mm-hmm. and then the guy falls back and <laughs> is impaled on a table leg. Right, right. Because the glass is broken out. And then also the glass breaks out of his house. So I think he, he has the ability to, you know, control seismic activity because he does but on such a level that he can not just affect, you know, the area around him, he can well, also people. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh-huh. so that's 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 interesting, and and I like that, and I like that an older character has that much power. Like, I in the world of Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Extended Universe, you have these fit bodies, beautiful people, just fucking action figure looking folks doing shit, crazy wild stuff, but you don't like even Professor X and Magneto were retconned to be these beautiful young men. And like, just give me an older guy with all this. Like, I don't need this 20 something looking dude to just sit in a wheelchair to be my old man. Like, so I like that he's an older character with so much power and so much emotion. Cause he's, he's throwing tantrums like left and right. I, he was scary to me. Like Maya, yeah, you creepy, you giving me premonitions, but he seemed to be actively like aggressive. He seemed to he was scary to me. I'll say that. Yeah. So this is that's the end of the first episode. So yeah. pilot, pilot one. And um I mean as far as like a, a good pilot, uh it was, you know, definitely did its job as far as well, and it's funny it's the first part of the pilot, but it does a good job of kind of Bring introducing you in, uh, you, you definitely feel there might be a little a couple of you know kind of elements, but yeah. the court case, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. but uh, I think we do a good job of uh, establishing the character, uh, going through their plight, and we'll also often in these you know, abilities. And uh, and also the question of where they've come from, um, really well. I, as far as like you know, the first episode of the side, it was you know, with a little bit of questionable acting. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only that's minimal compared to everything else. But you know, I thought it was a solid first episode. Yeah, I would imagine that this was probably very good when it first came out, in the sense that even with the acting hiccups here and there, that it was. Well, see, I don't know, because you also said Heroes came out, what, about two years later, so they may have been kind of battling neck and neck there, but it fits in with the times where I feel like the acting that was, like, even Maya, I feel like, would be forgivable in 2004, like, when you're consuming so many other, so much other media, that this would have, I would have enjoyed this had I started watching this, so, yeah. yeah. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, so, pilot part two. Like, which this should have just been one long movie. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. And it, and it was, I think the season, for the first season they had, um, it was six, uh, five episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's essentially like the, uh, they call it a mini-series of five episodes, uh, which aired weekly. Yeah. August eighth, two thousand four. So, right, right. yeah, and then every other episode after that, is like the thirteen episodes that we've got into something like Netflix or yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they, you know, they were testing the waters with the first season, and you know there was enough of an interest that they were well, let's just keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah, and, and kudos to them for that. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, I think it's I think it's good what I've seen so far, even with me not liking Tom. Or pretty much half of the cast. <laughs> I still enjoyed the show. Um, it, Tom's relationship to his wife. Mm-hmm. How do you? How do? You, because although I don't like Tom, I still am kind of torn about him and Linda, his wife. So how do you? What do you feel? How do? You, 
how do you take them in this first in the pilot? I mean, it's strained and it it doesn't get better. Uh, I think it's one of the things where you know once some um, you know having to not even just kind of take care of you know their son who's in a coma is just like the emotional yeah uh, toll that's taken it's taken you know on their on their um relationship or in their marriage so um but the funny thing is is just as much there are there are a lot of um men who are assholes i think his wife comes off as one in yeah, terms of like very much so yeah. and, you know that that I definitely popped in the second episode i mean now how do you kind of feel about the you know their relationship um i i think it's real um i don't know how i feel 100 percent yet about linda the wife um Tom, I know I don't like, but with Linda, I feel like I need to see more of her because we kind of get Tom's backstory throughout the first, you know, two episodes. Like, if not his whole backstory, we get how he got to this point. I get how he, how I get everything that happened prior to him showing up on screen in his son's uh, hospital room, but I don't get that same sense of like history with Linda. So I'm still kind of on the fence. I could go either way, hater or lover, but I do feel like she seems to, um, I don't think she's moved on. Like, I feel like the actress has, has portrayed the little bit that we've seen of her well enough that I do feel like she cares for her son and she probably cared for her husband. And not that she's given up on her son, but that life still is going on and she's not stuck in, her son having a being in a coma like I so I like her a little bit more than I would dislike her but I still I don't trust that because shit they could pull a rabbit out of the head and I could just hate her because she used to like beat her kid or something like I, I don't know yet but what I've been presented with I do kind of like the character um I guess less is more in that regard because I don't know anything about her so yeah 